I witnessed my first murder at the age of six. It was a night as dark and stormy as the opening of Paul Clifford. Electric lights did not so much strain against the darkness as cast an ominous light on the grisly proceedings, and notably, the macabre act took place in a book. My father gave me my first taste of crime with a collection of stories by Graham Greene, sordid little intrigues with titles like Our Man in Havana and The Ministry of Fear. I was exposed to a world of literature filled with crimes so devious that Professor Plum himself would pack away his lead pipe and candlestick, totally outclassed. You want to know what Plum's secret is? Uh, don't tell. We know. He was married to Monsieur Buddy's daughter. Did you know about him killing her? She would have died anyway. But in the midst of knavery, I soon found myself drawn to the lighter stories. Devious still, but comedic in their manner. Works like the Thin Man series, Nick and Nora solving crimes with all the gravitas of Scooby-Doo and the Mystery Gang. Among these, one book stood out. The only one I'd ever read by the author. It was, of course, Murder on the Orient Express by one Agatha Christie. Now, I haven't seen a Kenneth Branagh film since I watched Hamlet in high school, but his adaptation of Christie's novel is extraordinarily well-directed. The Good Train, His Majesty's Locomotive, The Orient Express, is about as cramped as Polonius' alcove in Hamlet, and home to roughly the same number of deaths, as a canny cinema-goer will guess from the title. Uh, no, not the service master guy. Oh. A wretched, rash, intruding fool. Oh, right, it's my fault you killed me. Oh, uh, well, we need a new Polonius. These close quarters, far from forcing the camera in at awkward angles, instead produce a wealth of strangely compelling shots with top-down views of people's noses and slow pans across feature-warping crystal windows. I mention this because normally I work with audio and I can't distinguish a Dutch angle from the diegetic mode, but I'll be damned if this movie did not catch my eye. Thrillers set aboard the famous Paris-Istanbul express train are surprisingly common. My childhood acquaintance Graham Greene climbed aboard in not one, but two of his stories, and Ian Fleming's James Bond takes a trip himself in From Russia with Love. But Christie's version stands apart for its intricately woven and deeply satisfying plot, drawing together a delicious cast of characters into a hopelessly tangled web of deceit and dastardly deeds. Listen, you know, you were telling me it's like murder on the Orient Express. Murder on the Orient Express? Oh, yeah. One of the best. But not yet. Marvellous idea, though. Yeah. Tell you what, copyright. At the center of all the red herrings and shady characters stands Hercule Poirot, a Belgian super detective sporting a mustache so fine it's a wonder the suspects don't just break down and confess before its magnificence. Kenneth Branagh's nose tickler's Poirot is so full and bushy it could easily double as a scarf. Now, Poirot does dip dangerously into the smug, know-it-all detective trope, but little near the start. You know the type. Why, Mrs. Stonkermeyer, from that dirt smudge upon your sleeve, I can deduce you were a fishmonger in the Great War, weren't you? It's an unsufferable style we're used to from shows like NCIS and Benedict Cumberbatch's Sherlock Holmes. When I met you for the first time yesterday, I said Afghanistan or Iraq. You looked surprised. Yes, how did you know? I didn't know, I saw. Your haircut, the way you hold yourself, says military. But your conversation as you entered the room. A bit different from my day. Said trained at Bart, so army doctor, obvious. Unfortunately, Brenna dispenses with this pretty quickly, and we get into the slick intrigue and murder we all came for. 
And this is where the production really shines. This movie has a huge sense of momentum. It's not just the 500-ton steaming train. The pacing of the action is quick and measured, but relentless. There's always something going on, even if it's not immediately apparent. Plus, the cast is outstanding. My favorite appearance is Judy Dench, who's on holiday from the MI6 to play a Russian princess. She has maybe 10 lines throughout the whole film, but she can own an entire scene with her presence alone. Also throwing in appearances are Michelle Pfeiffer as a wry American, Carolyn Hubbard, and Willem Dafoe as an Austrian professor on his way to a conference. But as I mentioned before, what really sparks for me in this film is its sense of fun. I have very fond memories of Calvin's hard-bitten alter ego from Calvin and Hobbes, Tracer Bullet, who had eight slugs in him, one lead and the rest bourbon. I was reared on the inventive and frequently absurd radio plays by the likes of Firesign Theater and Spike Milligan, who delved often, very often, into faux film noir detective spoofs, like this one from Nick Danger, Third Eye. It all began innocently enough on Tuesday. I was sitting in my office on that drizzly afternoon, listening to the monotonous staccato of rain on my desktop and reading my name on the glass of my office door, Regnad Kisten. The incredible energy that runs through the film is a delicious source of pleasure. The suspense and drama and dark turns are plenty, but there's a constant undercurrent of lightheartedness that keeps it fresh and airy. While watching the film, you're complicit in little subterfuges and thrills of discovery along the way. And what a rocky way it is. I really enjoyed getting swept up in the madness and mystery of Kenneth Branagh's murder on the Orient Express. And if you're looking for a good old crimey thriller less heavy than Serial or CSI's latest spinoff, have a watch. At least in the run-up to Christmas, it's a much better train-themed movie than the creepy soulless eyes and questionable intrigues of that animated version of the Polar Express. My slipper! You're gonna lose your ticket! It's not my ticket, it's yours! It's my ticket! Yes. Right, keep up with me! Left! 